welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name's Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I'm so glad you took out time in your busy day to listen to this podcast, or maybe you're listening while you're doing your ministry or driving. God bless you for what you do. And I just want to thank each and every one of our subscribers, those that have left reviews. If you haven't left a review, we sure would appreciate that. But thanks for listening. We appreciate serving you all in this way, whether you're a children's ministry, family ministry, youth leader, uh, volunteer, parent, uh, we love you all. And thank you for being loyal to the Kid Ministry Collective or the KMC podcast. We certainly do appreciate you. We're calling this episode, Why Won't They Serve? Why Aren't They Coming Back? What's Happening to Volunteers? You can pick the title. But that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode is what's the struggle? Sometimes, believe it or not, it can be us. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about coaching. Restoring Leaders KMC Coaching are all available for you. If you're struggling with overwhelm, hurt, burnout, leadership struggles, strategy struggles, uh, building healthy teams, keeping yourself in a healthy way, we want to encourage you to check out coaching. KMCCoach.net is for you. It's a custom-built program designed for you after you take an assessment. We then build a coaching journey for you. It's all donation-based. We set you up on a tier program uh, that is built just for you that works with your budget. And so if you'd be interested in checking out our coaching program that typically lasts four to six months, one to two calls per month, Again, going over all the things that the assessment shows that you are in need of growing, but also where you feel like you're growing. And it goes deeper than most coaching programs because we're talking about the whole leader, not just systems and structures and leadership, but we're talking about soul care too. So if we can serve you in this way, come check out kmccoach.net. You can get a free clarity call. There's no pressure. There's no sales. It's just simply answering your questions about what the coaching journey is like, how it could work for you and your schedule and your budget, and then we move on from there. So check it out, kmccoach.net, where we can help you get unstuck and move forward for greater kingdom impact because ultimately every leader needs to live restored and lead renewed. Now let's get into this week's episode on why won't they serve? Well, you know, I get asked this many times, and as I'm working with coaching students, uh, as we do our coaching journeys, one of the things we talk about is why aren't volunteers beating down the doors? And a lot of people are like, well, the pandemic has caused people to stop volunteering. No, the problem is just accentuated because we stopped everything for a while. And I want to hit on something real quick. Let me ask you a question. How often did you communicate with your volunteers during the pandemic? How often did you let them know how much you missed them and what they did in the ministry and the kingdom impact that they were making? How often did you let them know that you were praying for them as they struggle through the pandemic? What I've discovered is I've asked a number of leaders, to be honest with me, I've found that a lot of leaders didn't really communicate with their volunteers. 
they really didn't have anything for them to do. And so they were like, well, we, we're not really doing anything. We're not ha- talking. We're not meeting. We, you know, everything just kind of stopped. And then we wonder, why didn't they want to come back? Well, what we communicated is all we care about is what they do for us, not who they are with us. So I want to challenge you. Maybe you need to go back to some of your volunteers and say, hey, you know what? During the pandemic, I had to react and I pivoted and I'm not going to make any excuses, but I failed you. I I should have communicated to you how much I missed you, how much you were valuable to me as a friend, as a teammate, as a co-worker in the kingdom of God. And I just want you to know that I'm sorry and that I will do better in the future. It's amazing how saying I'm sorry for dropping the ball, for letting those people just kind of fade away. And then all of a sudden we're like, hey, come back. We're open. Let's go. We've got, we need you. And then they're like, yeah, well, you didn't need me when, uh, you know, things mattered or when things got hard. Why would you need me now? Well, I've got 10 things that I want to talk about and we're going to go quickly in this. So if you're taking notes uh, or if you can't take notes, you might want to replay it and listen. But here's I've asked some volunteers and I've done some research and I came up with 10 things of why people don't want to serve and how it relates to us as leaders. Because, again, sometimes we get in the way. So here's one of the first things that I heard. Well, as I don't get the big picture, I'm not sure where we're going with this. And oftentimes that becomes because leaders are changing curriculums, they're jumping around, and they don't really have a plan. And the leaders, the volunteers just don't see the big picture. Another reason is, is they don't know if the ministry that they're asking, being asked to do really matters. They're feeling like it is childcare, babysitting, so to speak. They're not sure what this has to do with the child's spiritual journey or where it's going as part of the whole church strategy. They just don't know if it matters. They also might say, it appears to be insignificant. Well, they're just asking me to be a warm body in the room. That's all they want me to do. And they don't really ask for anything else, but just to be there, just to show up. Another thing is as well, sometimes I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard from the leader And so they don't want to serve because they've heard the leader doesn't communicate very well. The other thing they might have heard is, or they have the perception, is the leader's unorganized. They're always on the go. They're always overwhelmed. They're always too busy. And so they just aren't organized with things. Uh, Things aren't ready when we come into the rooms or we don't have things. Things are left out. Another reason is that the leader changes directions too often. The ministry changes directions too often. We just don't know where everything is, where it's going or why we're doing what we're doing. It just, it's constantly changing. The leader's going Mach 5 with their hair on fire. And they just constantly are changing themes, directions, ideas, campaigns, whatever you want to call it. But they're changing the direction all the time. Or... The leader's just always tired. We always hear them talking about how overwhelmed and tired they are, how worn out they are. And I just don't know if I want to serve with somebody like that. I don't want to become like that either. And that happens. Or maybe that leader is just overwhelmed. They can feel the overwhelm. They can feel the tension. They can feel the awkwardness. And they just sense that this leader has too much on their plate and they can't handle it. And so they don't want to be a part of a sinking ship 
and, and get overwhelmed themselves because their world is busy enough. And to work with somebody who's already got so many plates spinning because they're talking about doing this and this and this and this and this, uh, the overwhelm can be overwhelming to a, a prospective volunteer. Another thing that a leader can often uh, will repel a volunteer prospect is the leader is known to be a control freak. Well, they want you to serve, but they're going to tell you to do it their way or no way. It's their way or the highway. And every time they offer, we offer to help, they just take it back. They take control of it. I've had leaders laugh that off and say, oh, well, it's just the way I am. I'm a control freak. And they laugh. Listen, uh, we're going to talk about the solution to that. But that repels leaders. That repels volunteers. If you are known as a control freak, uh, even in a humorous way, it can be something that repels people and they don't want to serve with somebody who's going to control every single detail. The other thing is, is they might be repelled by perfectionists over excellence. You know, everybody wants excellence. Everybody wants great ministry to happen. They want great experiences for children. Parents value that at a high rate. They want excellence for their kids. They want better for their children. Everyone that you ask, if you ask a parent, what do you mostly want for your children? They're going to say, I want more for them than I had. And that's true. But you know what? Sometimes when we're trying to get volunteers, if we're more on the perfection side, you have to do it just like me. Rather than, I want excellence, I want you to give your very best to the Lord and serve him with joy and gladness, uh, it can be repelling. So there's our 10 list. Can't see the big picture. Don't know if it matters. Appears to be an insignificant role. The leader is struggling with communication. The leader's unorganized. The leader changes directions too often. They're always tired and worn out. They're always overwhelmed. They're a control freak or they're a perfectionist. That's a, that's a 10 list of really big negative things. Am I right? Does it make you cringe? Do you see yourself as being one of those kind of people? Yeah, I, I can relate to some of these myself. I, I'm going to admit it. Uh, I, I'm that way sometimes. So how do we change these things? How do we uh, work through it? Well, let's start with the first thing. They don't see the big picture. Well, what do we need to do? We need to get very, very clear on our why. What's our end goal for our children's ministry? And how do we communicate it in such a way? And this is one of these things that has to be communicated all the time through every single thing, every opportunity to always share because vision leaks. And if we don't keep sharing it in front of people, now, granted, this is the world we live in, leaders, right? We're thinking about these kind of things all the time. But the rest, our volunteers, our volunteer prospects, our families that we're serving, this isn't part of their everyday life. They have everything else going on in their world. They've got kids going in five different directions. They've got a job that's demanding. They're, they're parenting. Uh, they've got family around them going through stresses, health concerns, financial concerns. There is a lot going on in the world of other people, and we've got to get outside of ourselves as a leader. And sometimes we don't think about how clearly we assume they know the end goal, but do they really? Because if a volunteer doesn't know where you're going and why you want to get there, why would they want to join your team? So think about why 
do you want them to serve? And where are you going? Why is this uh, such an important big picture? And that leads right into the next thing. What does it, does it matter? Well, they need to know what's in it for them too. What benefits are they going to get? Look, everybody wants something that's beneficial for them too. And that's not a wrong thing. And we can't look at it as a wrong thing. We want benefits for our volunteers. We want them to be encouraged. We want them to get something out of serving because it's part of their spiritual discipleship. If we approach volunteering as this is discipleship, they are going to get something out of it. They're going to grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus. They're going to grow more in their faith. And that's what we want for our volunteers. We also want them to impact the next generation, to leave a legacy and something that is bigger than them, that it's a footprint that will outlast them, that kids will talk about them because of their love and passion for Jesus Christ and their involvement in their world. So it does matter, but we have to let those volunteers know. We have to impress upon them. And again, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. You're going to hear this message a lot in this podcast. So why does it matter? Well, you also need to know, is this a significant role? Listen, if you're not asking your volunteers, how do we make this more significant to you? And are we making it significant enough? If you're making your children's ministry just so somebody can show up and walk in and and just do it, well, is that really a significant role? Everything that matters takes preparation. Everything that matters is going to take some work. And listen, what we are doing matters. If we're going to see that big picture accomplished, then yes, we're going to have to raise the bar to volunteering a little bit. We can't simply make it so simple that anybody can do it because if it was that way, it wouldn't be significant. So you need to have that significance. And so you need to not only make sure you raise the bar to volunteering, but that you help them see it and get feedback on it. Make sure that you're listening to your volunteer team on a regular basis of how to improve and grow the ministry. They can come up with some of the best ideas if you will take time to ask the questions that need to be asked and listen very carefully and intently to what they are saying. So we need to make sure that it matters, that they can see that big picture, that that role is significant by getting feedback on a regular basis. Now, the next thing, the leader in communication. Listen, sometimes we say, but I've communicated, I've communicated. But do you realize that every generation listens and hears communication differently? Do you understand how different leaders need different types of communication? Some people are all email. Some people don't touch their email. Some people will watch it on social media. Some people won't touch social media. Some people want text messages. Others are, are irritated by text messages. Some need an actual phone call. Some need it handed to them in paper form. You need to know your team. And honestly, you're probably going to have to communicate in all those forms. But if you automate the process, if you simplify it and you can structure it the right way, you can knock all of that out in a couple of simple steps and do it one time and it will duplicate into other things. If you don't know how to do that, um, that's why you might need a coach because we can help you with those kind of things. Our others can help you with those kind of things. There's lots of people out there that know how to do, do these kind of things, but communication is huge. Don't assume you're communicating. Ask your team if they're hearing enough, how much is enough, what do they need to know, and how often do they need to know it. But you always have to keep in mind, again, I'm going to say it, 
vision leaks, passion leaks, mission leaks. And if you don't keep refilling that uh, with your team, then you're missing it and it's going to forget. You have to communicate early and often. Uh, start it earlier, save, throw the save the date things out there if you've got something important. Forward cast things, front load things. Listen, some people just hold on to knowledge as power concept in their head because they're on a power trip and they think, well, I'm not going to tell everybody everything. No, tell everybody everything. Get the word out. Share it with people. It is important. Um, all right. Take a breath, Tom. Here, here we go. All right. You still with me? I hope you're with me. Um, let's think about this idea of, well, the leader's just unorganized. Maybe you've got some gaps in your organizational skill. Now, I know some of you are brilliant at this. You are task list driven people. You love task lists. You get an, you've got three different organization apps. You've got a planner, paper planner. You're, you've got a digital planner. You are all over it. But sometimes you can spend more time organizing your planners than you do actually getting ministry and it can lead to disorganization. Yes, even those task-driven people uh, can get disorganized. But many of you that, that are kind of wired, you might be wired like me, that you're a Mach 4 with your hair on fire, you're going crazy, you're, you're pivoting, your piles, not files. And you know what? Sometimes you need to get organized. You need to learn organization. Nobody's born organized. You learn organization. I love how my coach, Jim Weidman, poured that into me because I never felt like I believed a lie that a leader poured into me one time and said, you are the worst organization person I've ever met. You've just got terrible organizational skills. Well, he was partially true, but he made that comment, you'll never get organized. And I just know that's your biggest weakness. Well, I dug in and I got my coach and we worked hard together and I learned and watched him very closely, listened to everything he said, read his stuff, and I learned how to find my organizational rhythm and I found it and it still allows me to be creative. It still allows me to go Mach 3 with my hair on fire at times, but I'm organized and I know when I can do that and when I can't. I had to show my team that I was thinking ahead, that I was seeing things that needed to be done before they needed to be done. I made sure my team had everything they needed, and especially those people that needed all the details. They were all written out, typed out with deadlines and all the information because I knew some of those people needed it. I knew other people who needed just the big picture, and so we gave them that big picture. Um, so learn your team and learn how to communicate with them and show them and demonstrate that you're organized. But if you really struggle with this, you need to find some people that can help you get organized. Humble yourself and let others serve you. Leverage their gifts and their talents for the kingdom of heaven and let them be the organizers. There were some things that I knew people could think through better than I could. So I gave them the big picture dream that I had, the 30,000 foot view, the 15,000 foot view. And then I let them bring it down to earth and figure out all the little steps that had to go in between. And it was great. Um, I had an assistant that helped me get organized that we could sit down once a week and I could tell her all the things I was working on and give her the big picture and she could take and break it down into smaller bite-sized pieces, put deadlines to them and throw them on my calendar, uh, which she had access to, and she got me organized. Again, I learned my organizational rhythm. I knew what I could do and how I needed to do it, and we got it done, and my team loved it. 
because they didn't look at me as some organized, wild, crazy man. They saw me with a plan and living it out. But also, here's the thing. Again, because if you're not organized, it's going to lead to changing directions. You're going to go to a conference and get all wound up. Somebody's going to light the fuse, pour the gas on the fire, and boom, you come home and you are just ripping. You've got all these things. Well, guess what? They weren't there with you, were they? They weren't at that conference. They didn't get that fired up. And now all of a sudden you're changing directions again. It creates change fatigue. I've seen this happen in multiple churches when the changing of leadership happens. And I had a a volunteer come up to me and say, hey, look, I know the mission and vision of the church truly never changes. It's just the wording and the buzz phrase and the graphics And you know what? When are y'all going to get it that we don't care about all that stuff? You guys think about that all the time. We don't. And we're honestly tired of changing every single thing just to try to create some more excitement. If somebody would just stick with it, it would be way better. So here's the thing. If you're constantly changing directions, you need to make sure you have a clear strategy for your ministry and then stick with it. Don't give up when it gets hard. We all do that sometimes. As soon as we hit that crisis of belief, we you know we came home, we implemented all these changes. We're thinking this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And then all of a sudden we get some negative feedback and we, we get uh, some challenges and some things pop up that we weren't anticipating. And then we're like, oh, 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 I better change it. I, I got to go find something else. Oh, this curriculum's not working because of this or that. I better go find a new curriculum or oh, oh, we better change this and change that. Some of you need to take a breath and you need to slow it down and you need to say, what is my strategy? Again, going back, what's the big picture? And knowing that you're going to have great seasons of growth and you're going to have plateaus and plateaus happen. And then you're going to have drops and drops happen. But if you stick with the plan and you stay with it, it's amazing what can happen and how it will attract volunteers instead of repel volunteers. Nobody wants to constantly feign somebody that's changing directions all the time. It's like driving down a nonstop curvy road and you go curve after curve after curve after curve and you're just dying for a straightaway. Give your teams a straightaway. It's important. What about that leader that's always talking about how tired and worn out they are? Hey, how you doing? Oh man, did you have a good week? Oh, I'm so tired. Man, it's been so busy. I've got so much going. I mean, we just got done with the Easter stuff. And now we're looking, Bible school is only four weeks away, six weeks away. And we got summer camp. And then we're thinking about promotion Sunday and fall kickoff. And we've got to get more volunteers. And I, I'm just so tired. Yeah, you know, again, when we cheat our days off and when we cheat our bodies with rest, when we're constantly working, whether at in the office or at home, and we never know how to shut it off for a while, yeah, you're going to get tired and exhausted. Jesus never said following him would be easy. He never said that leading the church would be easy. Uh, watch the shepherd. Watch some videos of sheep. They're all over the place. They're going in multitudes. The shepherds don't stop moving. Do you think they get tired? Yeah, Jesus got tired and he rested and he renewed, and he refocused. He took time away from the into the quiet places so that he could rest, so that he could renew, so that he could refocus. 
Are you doing that? Because listen, again, who wants to follow a leader that's always worn out and broken and tired and exhausted and whining and complaining? Listen, do you think the volunteers world's that way too? They're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and then they're coming in on a Sunday morning and serving for one or two hours. Um, they're giving a lot of time up and they're tired too. Listen, if you, I understand, but you don't have to share all that all the time. And if you're taking care of yourself, if you're running at a godly, sustainable pace, uh, which is something that we, again, we teach that in the KMC coaching program, we teach it through Restoring Leaders, uh, you can find your GSP. And when you find that and you live in it, it's amazing how attractive that can be. Because you know what? Your volunteers want to know your secret. They want to know how you do it all and get it done. Well, you'll be able to show them when you're rested and when you're focused on the right things. What about getting overwhelmed? Well, it starts with your priorities. It starts with knowing what are you wired and gifted to do that only you can do. And maybe you need to learn the true art of delegation and stop making excuses that you can't find help and you can't find the team. Sometimes it's by getting out of the way, stepping aside or stopping something that God raises up new leadership. God puts someone in your place. I had somebody recently tell me they were going to take a sabbatical, but they were only, they, they had the opportunity to take up to 90 days, but they wanted to break it up because they were concerned that everything was going to fall apart. Well, listen, if it's going to fall apart when you go away, then there's problems already and there's deeper struggles there. And that's a whole nother podcast. But if you don't have your priorities straight, if you don't know what only you can do, which I call your 5%, then listen, you need to figure that out. You need to dig deep with the Lord about what, how are you gifted and what are you called to do? And then you need to look for people that have those other talents and abilities and give them the things that you are currently holding on to. But that's where the control freak starts to freak out because they're like, oh, but they don't do it my way. They can't do it as good as I can. It'll take them twice as long. So what? So what? Think about it, my friends. This is why you're overwhelmed. And this is why people don't want to come serve with you. I've had leaders literally laugh about this. Oh, I'm just a control freak. I'll let them have it, but I warn them, don't, don't freak out when I come in and help, try to help or take it back. Well, why would I want to serve with you? I'm not going to, honestly, because you're just going to take it away from me anyway. You really don't want me to do this. So why are you asking me to? And if you get that reputation, yikes. That one's a hard one to fix. I want to warn, especially you younger leaders, do not become a control freak. There's always going to be somebody out there that can do something better than you can. There's going to, always going to be somebody out there who knows more than you. And listen, that's a good thing. God puts people in our world and he wants them to serve and he wants them to grow. So we need to give them the opportunity, but you need to get your priorities straight and get your tasks organized, and you need to let go of some of those things. Let it go, let it go, let it go. I'm not going to sing. All right, our last thing. Pursue godly excellence rather than earthly perfection. Some of us need to let go of our perfectionistic ways that it has to be done just our way and just our time and just our blah, blah, blah. And you need to say, God, I'm going to trust your excellence 
because I know this person loves you. I know they want to serve you. I know they want to give your best, their best to you. So God, whatever they give you is excellent. And I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let them and I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to equip them so that they can be the best they can be. So there you have it. Wow. Um, that was going Mach 3 with our hair on fire, right, my friends? But I hope it helps. I hope it'll make you think, why aren't volunteers coming to your ministry? Maybe it is because of us. Maybe there's something in our way. Maybe we're the roadblock. Man, that's hard to take a look at. One of the best questions you can ask your team is, what's it like being on the other side of me? What's it like to be on the other side of my leadership? If you want to get really vulnerable, and yes, some of the stuff they say may hurt, but if you can get past that and see the truth behind what they're saying, I tell you, it's worth its weight in gold. Sometimes that's, again, getting someone outside of your ministry to take a look at what you're doing really helps and encourages. And, and this has not been a sales pitch for KMC coaching. Look, I don't care if you do my coaching program or somebody else's coaching program. There are some fantastic ministry leaders out there that have great experience. I would not go to somebody who's not had a lot of experience. I would not go to somebody who's not been in ministry for the long haul or who has only been in one place for all their life. I, I, I personally want somebody that's got some experience, that's got some variety, who understands context and cultures and different sized churches and things. But again, that's me. You got to decide what's important for you. But here's the ultimate thing. Leaders, we don't want to stand in the way of building the kingdom. So I encourage you to spend some time reading Philippians 2 through 4 and take on the mind of Christ. Become a servant of others and you will attract way more people than you could have ever imagined. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. I hope it's been a helpful time. I hope it's been a blessing to you. And again, if I can serve you in any way, please reach out. We're here to serve you, to help you, to encourage you, to equip you, because that's what the KMC is all about. If you haven't subscribed yet, I'd encourage you to subscribe. If you can share our podcast with somebody else in another Facebook group or another uh, place, uh, we want you to do that. And again, if you need help, reach out Tom at RestoringLeaders.org. I'm here to serve you. You can check out RestoringLeaders.org. If you're looking for soul care, if you're looking, dealing with hurt, overwhelm, all those kind of things, if you need some leadership coaching, check out, say, KMCCoach.net. We would be honored to serve you and walk with you on a coaching journey. So that's it, my friends. Have a great day. God bless you. You are loved. You are valued. You are known. And what you do matters. So stay tuned for another episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.